This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Just when you're out, they pull you back in, Jack. We were despondent after a horrific series against the Orioles that ended with a lifeless 11-4 loss. And now, uh, a mere three days later, a sweep of the Mets, and uh, if if I know my good friend Jack Fritz, you're all the way back in, aren't you, buddy? I, I just hope that you feel. <laughs> I hope you feel bad for your doubting this team, because I well, I have to let you know that I never ever you de- would never, you would never, you could never, never. It's never, not a would. It's a could thing. Like you physically could never. Exactly. So I, I hope that you feel bad. Uh, hope that you continue to feel bad. Here's uh, you, what I'll say. I'll get over it. All right. You gave up on this team just when they were really starting to find it. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the nice part about the Mets series was that you like barely had to use the bullpen. And like the bullpen that you did use was the guys who are at least decently competent at their jobs. Um, well, at least they look decently competent for, for, for a couple nights. Yeah. All it, all it needs, baby. But like, man, I don't know. I'm all the I like I. They rake. They 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 just they straight up rake. Um, and honestly, this is the best Phillies lineup since '08. Like, the best Phillies lineup since 2008. And so what if they're like the the 2006 Phillies or whatever? They just the you know hit a thousand homers and whatever, and their bullpen was terrible and whatnot. Like, so what? You know, at least the offense is back. At least the offense is like good. And at least we are gonna have a fun offensive team. The, the, we have Nola and Wheeler. That's good. I think Eflin's in that mix. I think Arietta still leaves a little bit to be desired. Howard's got to come along a little bit. But at least like, at least one through, I would say, six now the bombs up. Like At least they're a really, really good offensive team. I don't know, man. If, if they can out-hit teams, if they can just have Nola, Wheeler, and Eflin, and, and ha- like. There, there's a makings of, of this team kind of stabilizing a little bit. And honestly, I think I think the, the, the Orioles series might have been good for them because they seemed like, like Bryce after the game Friday night or maybe or uh, not Friday night. Uh, yeah, Friday night. He said basically like we were embarrassed, like we were embarrassed after that Orioles series and rightfully so. And just that brutal honesty, I think I think the whole team was kind of embarrassed. I think Girardi was embarrassed, and I think that they knew, they knew that they were better than that. And they came out and they showed the Mets that they they were better than that. And they they showed glimpses of the team that we were thinking we were getting when we opened the season. Yeah, I think it's a great point, and I, that was you know the word that that kind of came to mind to me. At, with this weekend was was resilience was coming back after that horrendous series and and not just folding and 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 fighting and especially you know when that first game on Friday night is the one that Hector Neris blows and to cut and you come back and win it and you come back in that game already with the JT home run um that you know it just feels like like you said that they they fought, and it feels like they they kind of found themselves a little bit. Hopefully, 
And look, with a thousand playoff teams, you know, each in each uh, in each league, um, you know, they are really in it. And with a lineup like that and a and a potential rotation like they have, and and obviously we'll get into what we saw from Sinola and all that stuff and Howard and all that. But uh, I'm with you, man. Like, if nothing else, you know, they they don't feel like the best team in baseball or anything like that, but they feel like a team that could be one of eight playoff teams legitimately. And to the, I mean, they really do rake. And that's the thing is like, and yes, Harper and Romito are, are a big part of it. Bryce Harper and his 493 on base percentage. What a sexy beast he is. I love this guy. And obviously JT is a monster right now, but I mean, just as a team, really, I mean, the numbers are crazy. I think they've struck out less than any other team in baseball. They're, you know, top two or three in, in you know, a bunch of offensive metrics like Woba and stuff like that. Um, they've actually, you know, the, the offense has not been the problem. It's been inconsistent at times, but I'm with you, Jack. I think you can... Like for like in this weird season, the way it's set up, you can quote unquote compete to a point with this offense. One hundred percent, and and it's we said there about the, the striking out. I think is the most interesting, um, most interesting part of this, and I think a lot of this traces back to Joe Dillon and the work that he's put in. Um, you know, because that's what made that that Nationals team so tough last year was that. They never, it never felt like they were going to strike out, you know. And I, I understand strikeouts are not the most important thing anymore. Um, you know, it, it's kind of gotten to the point where it's like, well, strikeout doesn't really matter. You know, you're not whatever. I, I just think that I, I think striking out always matters, and I think it it leads itself to problems in bigger games if your team has strikeout issues. Like, sure, in the regular season, striking out might not be a huge deal because it's 162 games and water usually finds its level in the baseball season. But when it comes down to, to, to the postseason and it comes down to every pitch mattering and all of that, like you need guys that are going to put the ball in play and you need guys that aren't going to uh, just, just take daddy hacks and, and just try to always hit the ball at the ballpark. Like you're going to need guys that can, that can grind out at bats and, and put the ball in play and, and put some pressure on the defense. And I think the Phillies have done a really, really good job offensively, especially in the Mets series of just putting some pressure on the defense. You know, I, I don't, I don't like the bunting, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big bunt guy, but mm-hmm. you know what, you know, what always bothers me with, with, you know, how people talk about bunting and how they talk about the big inning is, you know, they say, well, you know, by bunting there, it's taking away from a chance at a home run. It's like, yeah, I get it. But, like, here's the thing, and this is what the analytics never, I think, can account for, is the pressure that having base runners on base can can do to a pitcher, and it can get into a, a pitcher's head. And it can just, it can kind of make him think a little bit more, whether it's a fast runner, you know, making him think about, uh, uh, you know, guys at first base, like holding him on and it may leave a pitch up and whatnot. Like having traffic on the base pass is always a good thing. Like I, I that's the one thing I, I, one of the things I, I disagree a lot with it with, with, with what analytic people talk about is they act like base runners don't matter. And it's like, they do, it's, it, it puts pressure on everyone out there to be perfect. So what I saw from, from them this whole series was that they were just doing a really good job of, of putting the ball in play. And sure, sometimes it didn't work out, but it just felt like 
it felt like they were the relentless ones this series, and it wasn't the Orioles like the series before. Like they kind of put the pressure on the Mets, and um, yeah, like now that Bohm's here, and I'm sure we'll get into him, but you know, the the the, the length of this lineup is just so beautiful right now. You know, the, they needed that one guy behind Didi, or maybe even behind JT, who could consistently drive in runs, and. It felt like there were one guy short. There were one guy short in the offense um, from getting that back-breaking hit. Like, Bryce and JT had been unbelievable, but the guys behind him had been a little bit inconsistent. And if, if teams are just going to pitch around those guys, you need someone behind them that can drive in those runs. And it seems like Bohm is, is, is ready pretty much right away to step up and be that guy from jump street, which is, which is awesome. And it just makes the lineup that much deeper. It should theoretically give Bryce and JT even more things to pitch at. Um, and I don't know what I saw, what I saw this weekend was really just the makings of what I think could be a a really, really good offense to to watch for the rest of the year. Yeah. And now I'm with you. I think, you know, bomb looks super comfortable. Uh, that double, um, in was it, uh, was it today's game before the McCutcheon? Yeah, yeah, that was today's, today's game. game. I, I yeah. they all blend together, but that double, like, that was just a great piece of hitting. I mean, that's the kind of stuff, and we're gonna obviously dive into this guy as well. But that's the kind of stuff we want to see from Reese, you know, where he just takes a ball where it's supposed to go and doesn't try and pull it or, or you know, you know, swing over it or whatever and, and just takes it somewhere and, and, it just seems like he's a very confident, smart, intuitive hitter. And, you know, it's like you could see why everyone's like, oh, he's going to be a 300 hitter. He could be a 290 hitter or whatever. You see it. You know, he feels incredibly comfortable for his age and his um, experience level in this spot, in these spots. So I've been really impressed with Boehm. Um, We'll get back to the offense in a sec. Quickly, let's get to the, the pitching uh, from the weekend, and then we'll come back and, and talk about a few specific guys in the offense because um, I think Spencer Howard is, you know, obviously with Boehm coming up, uh, you know, not the only top prospect up, but Spencer Howard, two starts, has kind of, you know, has, has shown flashes, has looked good, but has also ultimately results have not gone his way. What did you see from Howard, and are you at all concerned, or, or is this just some, some early rust? Uh, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I mean, it's his second start in the big leagues. Um, yeah, and I now, don't mean long term. I mean like for yeah. this season, really. Yeah, I think he. I think he's learning that it's not going to be just stuff that's going to get you out to this level. Um, and honestly, like I've been, I've been a little bit disappointed because um, I, I think this stuff is better than what we've seen. I think because like, in following him throughout the minor leagues, like his stuff is his stuff pops more than it's popped so far. You know, it, it, it's. It's looked okay. You know, the fastball's only been 95. He's been up to 97 um, and even touching 98, 99 in some of the, the playoff games he was in down there. Um, and it, it's been it's been decently located. You know, he, could, he, he has control, but he doesn't have command. Like, I don't think he'll walk many guys, but he doesn't have command within the strike zone yet. Um, and he, but it, it has good life to it. It's heavy, and I think... Once he figures out the other pitchers, it's going to be a, a real plus pitch for him. Um, but I mean, right now guys are just teeing off on the fastball because because 
he can't locate his other stuff, and his other stuff is is good, not great. Um, like I, I, I don't like his curveball at all. I mean, it, it's it's got to get it's got to get sharper, and it's got to get tighter because it, it's just kind of it's just at this point it's a get me over pitch. It's a it's a you're down two zero in account. Here, let me throw, let me break off this curveball and surprise you with it and whatnot. I just think that eventually hitters are going to catch up to it. Um, the changeup, I've actually been a little disappointed in. You know, I think it's a I think his changeup has the potential to be a plus pitch for him, and it just doesn't look like it right now. Um, and then the slider, the slider is disgusting. I, he doesn't throw it enough. I don't know why. Like I think he's only throwing it like six percent of the time, and it's definitely a way better pitch than his curveball. Um, it's hard. It has late biting action. You know, honestly, when I watch Spencer Howard, I, I, I can't help but kind of dream on, you know, three years down the road or two years down the road. Um, because I think all this stuff's going to get tighter. It's all going to get better. Cause he's one of those guys that, that, that started pitching late in his career. Um, you know, he's a volleyball player in high school and he almost got cut from his, from his college baseball team you know he kind of is is learning how to pitch right now and i think as 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 he grows and as he goes along like his stuff's only going to get better it's kind of like it's kind of like what a lot of scouts said about and bead coming out was like he's learning to play basketball minute to minute and that's how i feel about spencer howard like that's a fascinating comp jack that's a really fascinating comp well because i mean He's learning how to pitch right now, and he's learning through two starts that you can't just blow guys away with your fastball. Like these are major league hitters; they will catch up to anything, um, especially in today's game where they're figuring out how to barrel up every pitch there is. So, I, I just think that right now it's it's not great, and it's it's maybe it's because he's first time being up here. He had the blister issue. I don't really think that matters too much. You know, I think he'll be out there his next start, but you can just see the feel he has for all four of those pitches. And you can just see where it's going and you can just kind of believe and dream on that. And I think it could be a little bit of a bumpy road uh, for the rest of this year. But I really think as he continues to grow and continues to, get confidence, he's just going to develop into a really, really good pitcher. And I think he's eventually going to be the ace of the staff. For this year, I think he's going to have some trouble. Um, But I think in the offseason, he's going to go and and tighten up all his pitches, and he's going to be really good. So um, not worried right now, but or not worried long term. But, yeah, right now I'm not – I'm just excited to see the growth process. All right. Saturday, again – Nola's last three starts against three good teams, against the Yankees, the Braves, and the Mets. I believe it's 21 innings, 30 strikeouts, three walks. Uh, he has a .86 ERA over those three games. He's been, like, magnificent is really the word that comes to mind. But here's the question I have for you, Jack. Is he even better right now in these three games and obviously he needs to extend it throughout the season and, and whatever, but is he better right now than he was in 2018? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, that's definitely a tough one, but I, I think you could, I think you could make that case because of, um, because of the, the, the change up, you know, the change up has been a real equalizer for him. You know, it, it was a, it was a okay pitch back in 18, but now it's developed into a pitch that he can throw pretty much in any count whenever he wants and, and 
have really good good action on him. And his his changeup is now it's it's moving in the same way that is that his fastball moves. It has a nice little two seam run to it, um, and which like back in eighteen. I'm pretty sure it just kind of it kind of just dropped, but the, the changeup he's throwing now is kind of it's kind of running and dropping. So I mean, just from a just from a tunneling perspective, I mean, if if you have the ability to throw a two seam fastball um, and you throw from the same arm slot and throw this as hard as you try to throw your fastball, and then you come out with a with a two seam changeup that has the same exact action to it, but it's ten miles an hour less, like that's just stupid. I mean, that's that is that is ridiculous and he he he's just it, it i said it a lot but it all comes down to that that fastball location if he's locating his fastball i mean he's he's just he's just really really tough to hit because he can just throw it wherever he wants and for right-handed hitters i mean a right-handed hitter facing an aaron nola fastball when it's when it's when he's throwing it to the outside corner i mean it's starting three inches off the plate so it's, you have to basically extend your zone to to go out and get that pitch, you know. And, and what happened with his fastball last year a lot was he would try to start it out there, but it ended up just just coming right down the right down the middle of the plate, and he was getting crushed. I mean, just, he, his fastball was not a good pitch last year. This year, it's back to where it was. So you know, I think um, I think it's fair to say he's back to to maybe even better than eighteen Nola, um, but you know. That changeup has been just an absolute uh, game changer for him. It seems like he's gaining confidence in him, and I think that I think that's one of the things that that Brian Price has definitely brought to this to this pitching staff is the emphasis on a good changeup. I mean, we thought it was going to help guys like Velasquez and Pavetta, but as we're seeing, it's it's helping the ace of the staff <laughs> be even better than he was. I mean, it's so funny because. There's so many people that are like, oh, well, see, Nola is like actually a 2-3. And it's like, how about relax? Let's everyone relax here. I mean, Aaron Nola is still insane. And, uh, yeah, it's he's he's definitely back. And, like, all his pitch values on, like, fan graphs are, like, through the roof. I mean, just some just some ridiculous stuff by Nola. And it's like he's, he's – it's not like he's facing jump teams. Like, it's – I mean, it, it's, it's Yankees, Mets – and Braves. who's the Braves? The Braves, like all in, in three straight starts, and he's just mowing them down. Um, and just a just an absolute joy to watch. Um, and honestly, the mo- the most impressive thing I saw from Nola uh, the other night was it was like a it was like a one two count, I think one two or two two. And JT calls for a fastball away, but he like literally told him don't throw for a strike, so he puts it like two inches off the plate. And God doesn't go for it. It's, it's a ball out of hand. And the next pitch, he comes back with a curveball starting in the same spot. And just like like Pete Alonso just completely whiffed at it. So, like, to be able to have that much command of your pitches to where you can throw a fastball purposely for a ball and then start a curveball at the same spot and have it just fall right out of the zone, it's just – it's like it's – like, I can't. I can't even. I can't even talk about it because it makes me so excited. It's like, mm-hmm. how can a how can a guy be so good at this that it's like? It, it, I don't know. I love him. I love yeah, him. Yeah. So, well, so, look, the I'm, way he's pitched the last three games, that is ace level pitching. Like, I don't care what team, whatever. I mean, that's top top tier stuff. You know, you need to do that consistently, night in, night out, for the most part. 
to be a true ace, obviously, but that's the type of stuff like he was in 2018 doing night in, night out. Um, I mean, that's that's an ace in any any way you want to slice off an ace. I mean, he has been absolutely, like you said, dominant, confident, command of everything. Um, it's been impressive. All right, Wheeler, before we move on to some offensive-related questions I have for you. Uh, Wheeler, um, at, you know, kind of just keeps plugging along. Uh, nice outing again, seven innings to earn, whatever. But um, the strikeouts aren't, haven't really been there. A lot of ground balls, it seems. Um, is it something at all to be worried about with the no strikeouts, or is is this the Zach Wheeler we should, you know, kind of be expecting? Yeah, I just I think this is the guy we should be expecting. <laughs> and uh, you know, strikeouts aren't everything, um, but if you. Th- if you throw 98 and have his stuff, I would like to see, see a little a bit more. more swings and misses, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's honestly how I feel about Howard too. Like Spencer Howard hasn't really had many swings and misses either. Um, he's out. He's he's given up a lot of hard contact, um, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, but yeah, I mean Wheeler's like a Wheeler's like a 98 mile an hour ground ball pitcher. I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's it doesn't make any sense to me. He's definitely good. I mean, he's pitching well. Like yeah. you'll take seven innings to earned every time. I mean, give me seven innings. With are you kidding me? Please, Vincent Velasquez hasn't done seven inning to earned in five years. You I know? mean, how how dare you disrespect the Padres start? <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, again, he, today I thought he did a really good job with his fastball. Um, he was behind the he, – uh, he was kind of slower to the plate, and he's, he was definitely staying behind his his pitches, which is always the key. When he's rushing to the plate, I mean, that's when he's just going to – like his everything's going to kind of flatten out for him. But, yeah, it's, it's weird because – with that stuff, it should be it should be a lot better. It's just, you know, he, he doesn't get swings and misses. Um, maybe there's some kind of because like his curve, like his fastball's electric, and then everything else is. I guess I guess because he throws his fastball all the time, and and people are kind of hunting for it, then the, he's kind of getting a lot of early contact on it. So it's not it's not like a bad thing. It's definitely just weird. It's it's definitely weird, and I I hope. Um, I hope that it doesn't regress and and regresses to the mean and um, you know he starts getting hit around a little bit here, but yeah, I mean, listen, we've watched a lot of bad pitching, and I won't complain about having a guy that throws ninety eight and goes seven innings and allows two. Oh my two god, hard. no, yeah. we were, dude. Yeah, I will, I will take it. I mean, really, we want them all to go nine for obvious reasons, but. Um, all right, Jack, uh, a lot of guys I want to ask you about, um, offensively speaking. Um, quickly with Bohm, though, because we, we kind of touched on him, but you didn't really get to elaborate on what makes you feel so confident that he is um, going to be able to just keep this up. You know, I mean, we've seen a lot of rookies come up and, and you know, start off a little hot and then, then quiet down. And, and look, everyone – Baseball is a game of streaks. Everyone's going to get hot and cold and all that. But what makes you so confident in Bohm's ability to be a successful major league hitter, like right off the jump? Well, I think for me, it's it's just it's just he's always putting the barrel on the baseball. Um, you know, he, he's getting a little ground ball heavy right now. Um, you know, he had a couple ground balls at the middle that you know double plays and whatnot, and 
that's not great. You know, eventually he's going to have to turn and launch on those pitches. Um, but I think I think eventually that's going to get there. You know, same thing with same kind of thing with Howard. He, I'm kind of looking two or three years down down the line, and it just seems to me, you know, Boehm, he, they're still working on 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 unleashing some of that power, unlocking some of that power, and right now it, it, it's he's still he's still not really driving the baseball where they need him to be. Um, but other than that, like he just barrels it up. He has competitive at bats. I mean, you saw the at bat uh, last night, I think where it was a, like a seven to eight pitch at bat against someone in the Mets bullpen that was pretty nasty. And I was like, this is, this is different. You know, this is, this is different. You don't really see many guys come up and their ability to just work a, work a strike zone and, and, and have that kind of an at-bat. You know, it's kind of like when Reese came up. You know, Reese was hunting within the zone. He was, he was working his counts and working his walks, but when he got the 3-1, he was able to, to unload on some pitches and, and do some damage. Um, and I think a lot of people, <laughs> like, like Alec Bone was the, thir- like a, the third pick in the draft. I mean, there's, there's some level of pedigree here. It's not like a fifth-round pick and there's like, you're worried about it maybe not lasting. I mean, Alec Bone was the third pick in the draft. Like, this, there, there's, a, there's a legit, legit bat in there. And I just, his, his ability to consistently barrel up the baseball, and you saw him go the other way um, today down the line. It's like, this is different. I mean, it's it's really is a lot like watching what Worth was like. I mean, they, they might have drafted Jason Worth, <laughs> literally Jason Worth, the third pick in the draft. And if I mean, you're getting. That'd be great. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, if you're getting his, like, uh, age 29 seasons, you know, I mean, he. Again, he seems like a 280 to 300 hitter with 25 home runs and and one like maybe two years he'll have like 35 plus and just go bonkers. But like the bat is just so, it's so good and he just consistently makes contact. He hates striking out. I mean, he's just he's just a really really polished hitter and I think the power is going to continue to come. But like he is going to be the guy that other teams just hate. Because he's just he he's gonna be like Rendon was, where it felt like Rendon was always gonna have the backbreaking hit, and that's why I feel about Bone. I feel like Bone is always gonna have that hit that's gonna just break another team's back. Like like I think Harper's I think Harper's great. Obviously he's the MVP uh, MVP candidate. JT great. They're both great, but I think eventually Bone's gonna turn into the guy that's like. <sighs> Are you kidding me? We got to go through Bohm now, and, and like pitchers are going to have such a hard time going through. Now, obviously, this is contingent on on JT resigning and and this not being a total nightmare. But like pitchers having to go through Harper, Bohm, Harper, Real Muto, and then Bohm is it's just going to be it's just going to be a pain for these guys because that that's three really really high level outs that you're going to have to get in most first or second innings. So um, you can just see it. I don't know. Like a lot of people who have been talking about Bohm over the weekend have said the same thing. Like he just looks like a baseball player. He just looks like like the dude. And honestly, I couldn't be more in uh, after I saw his pregame eye routine. I mean, the pregame eye routine that's some that's the stuff of legends. I mean, he has to look at the has to look at the flag or fi- find something and then do those weird eye things to like stretch his eyes. I mean, that's that's what elite elite hitters do. It was pretty funny. It was super weird. 
Um, all right, you mentioned him in your answer about Boom. Uh, Rees uh, had a, his biggest hit of the season on Saturday, the, the bases loaded double. Um, still a couple one for threes, a one for five. You know, had a nice RBI single where he kind of just went with a pitch and, and floated it uh, for a single in the center in, in today's game. But um, above the Mendoza, I guess that's something to celebrate. Where are you at with Rees? I, I'm good with Reese. I look at you. Good. I, I never doubt. All Reese. in. All yeah, in. Nah, I'm not. I'm not all in. I think people. I think people are a little, little too worked up. I mean, the homer streak is is annoying. I mean, it's been forever. Um, I mean, he literally hasn't hit a home run since like September 17th of last year. Um, and you know, don't love that out of our uh, supposed to be run producing first baseman. Um, but like at the same time. Works a good count. I understand people get frustrated with the. It doesn't seem like he's, or it seems like he's just going up there looking for a walk. And it is funny because I, <laughs> maybe I noticed it last night, but he 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 drew a walk and he was like jogging down to first base, and it almost seemed like he was like smiling or or, <laughs> or sighing, like ah, did it again, worked another one. So maybe he really does just love to walk. Um, but here's the thing: it's like. His on-base percentage is over four is is over four hundred, which is pretty nuts for a guy who's been struggling like he has. And I just think that if he still has the elite eye that he still has, he's eventually going to put the barrel on the baseball. Like the eye is still there. Like where 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 guys like Don Brown and prospects like that fell off is that they just didn't have it. They didn't have an eye. You know, they, they just start chasing every single pitch up and and whatnot. Reese at least has a really good eye. He knows the pitches that he needs to unleash on. He just hasn't done a good job with them. And I know that's frustrating. But I think, I mean, like, it's a 60-game it's a season, so everything's magnified. But I think what I learned from this Mets series is that we, we just can't do the every single night is, like, we got to just melt down. Totally, and, and, totally. Because... because it's ba- ultimately it's baseball. It, well, it, and it's like here's the thing: it's that because every game is rightfully amplified because there are less games and every game matters more and all that. I think that, and because we obviously didn't have for so long, that every game got over amplified. Like it became too much, where we were way, way overreacting to far small sample size. And again, a sample size that matters. We're over a quarter way through the season and all that. Like it matters that they win games, but I think the like night to night insane reaction was probably a little over the top, Jack. Yeah. 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 Which which I mean it's hard not to be when you're of in the course. moment. Yeah, it's hard it's hard not and to be to be fair, to be fair through the, that period of games, it was a historically bad bullpen. I mean, the bullpen has been every bit as bad as we have talked about it being up until the last couple games. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think my, my takeaway from the bullpen is, like, Girardi did have to figure out who he could go to and where he can go to him and what spots he can bring guys in. Um, and, it, unfortunately, it takes a little bit to kind of figure that out. I mean, it takes... It's going to take you some maybe 10 games at the beginning of the season to kind of figure out who you can trust and who you can use. And and unfortunately, it was very painful. I mean, it was literally awful. Watching the Phillies is not a fun a fun time. But I, I, I think 
over the weekend, we kind of are starting to see where he wants to use guys. Uh, let's not get carried away, though, because well, those guys have still struggled. I mean, Tommy Hunter, just because he had a good outing last, uh, whatever it was, two days ago, it doesn't mean I trust him. It doesn't. Adam Morgan's had a couple clean outings. I don't trust him again yet. Like, I'm not there yet. I know. I don't think. Saying, I don't think you have to. Tr- I don't think you have to trust him. But I think he know he started to figure out where he can you like use guys, like like. It, it, it takes a little bit to figure out where I he's going. And I, I think, think they... that's fair. I think that's fair. But ultimately, I don't trust the guys to get the outs in any situation. Or at least consistently. Consistently, yeah. Consistently. Yeah. But someone's uh, got to get the outs. I mean... Well, no, yeah. Thanks, Jack. Um, all right. <laughs> someone's got to get them. All right. Uh, Kingery. Uh, sucks. Back... Sucks. Yeah, Absolutely so, so sucks. So two hits back-to-back nights not doing it for you at all? No. They weren't, okay. they weren't, they weren't hits. I mean... I mean, he's your starting center fielder. Yeah, yeah. So um, Quinn, Quinn, uh, let's hope it's not COVID. Obviously, he report good for him for reporting it early. Uh, misses the game because he reports. Uh, I think it was a sore throat and earache or something. Hopefully, it's something else because obviously, once it's in the clubhouse, we know that that can spread quickly, as we've seen. Um, so uh, regardless, um, Hazley has the risk thing um it's kingery now he's your your center fielder yeah and yeah so nothing the two not even no. a sign of progress it's just i mean luck uh, honestly what i what i the only thing i've talked myself into with kingery is he's still coming back from covid and he's not 100 percent yet and i hope that there's something that can kind of click with him and yeah, I mean, he's he's going to play center field for at least a little bit here. The, I guess Quinn can come back whenever, as long as he tests negative. Um, so maybe it's not every day. But, yeah, I mean, he's going to be he's gonna be the center fielder. Um, and honestly, dude, Gene Segura's defense is, like, really good at second base. I know. Base. It's been wild. He's a good yeah. second baseman. He's, like, he's a made, really, really good second baseman. He's made a couple terrific plays where it's like, wait, what just happened? You know, Gene? And, I mean, Didi is such a joy to watch defensively like just joyful to watch uh, i love having dd out there um quickly um a, a couple more guys i want to get to and uh and we can get to a couple kind of in the same breath because you just mentioned gene gene and mccutcheon it feels like of the guys who um you know had kind of been struggling more so the Rees, kingery mccutcheon Segura, like the guys they really were counting on um, it feels like those two have started to pull out of it a little bit. Obviously, McCutcheon finally gets on the board home run wise with a that oh, yeah. monster shot today. Oh, um, it's beautiful. How are you feeling about those guys? And you were never worried about McCutcheon to begin with, but um, how are you feeling about Segura and McCutcheon? Yeah, it does, you're right. I mean, it feels like those guys are starting to, to climb out of it a little bit. And you know what I love? And I think I think it's important, and I think – um it's something to notice i guess going forward when these guys slump is all of those guys even kingery hoskins uh kutch segura they've all made a conscious effort to go the other way um to kind of get their swings back a little bit i think segura's done a really good job going the other way mccutcheon same kind of thing hoskins i mean we saw the, the the basis clearing double on saturday night was a was a rope uh into the right center field gap which I didn't know if he knew how to do anymore. I thought he kind of just said only, <laughs> I thought he forgot how it all worked. And did he did realize that there's a whole other side of the field. Um, but yeah, so 
Kutch, I, I feel pretty good about where we're at with Kutch. You know, it seems like he's moving a lot better. Uh, seems like some of that rust is starting to come off. And, yeah, that, that, ball, that ball today, he wasn't even close to hitting two weeks ago. Like, not oh, even. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, oh, not even God. close. And it, 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 he knew it was gone immediately. We knew it was gone immediately. I'm with you. It's great to see because he is such a, a catalyst for this team when he's rolling at the top of that lineup. So I think that could be really big. Like you said, I think the offense really is starting to click a little bit. Um, all right, couple last things for you, and then we'll get to your uh, take bag. David Robertson. Uh, like, I can't believe it, but it seems like the Phillies and him seem pretty optimistic that he's going to be able to potentially help this team in September, I would guess. Um, but again, you know, how good could he actually be? Will he actually have any command coming back in, you know, just about 12 months from the Tommy John? Um, how realistic is this in your mind? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it seems pretty realistic. I mean, Fransky on the radio broadcast today said that the coaches were raving about his bullpen. Um, and it, it seems like, it just kind of seems like he's been super determined to get back. Cause he's again, the, the annoying thing about last year with Robertson was that Robertson had never been hurt before. I know. Same with McCutcheon. That was what, like neither of those guys ever get hurt, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I think he was really, really pushing to get back. Um, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, he it could happen. The thing is, I, I don't know. I think he could physically get back to, to get on the mound again. I just don't know about the effectiveness you know, it takes a it takes a good amount of time to get the effect on this back. Like, he might be back to throwing ninety three, ninety four, or whatever. I just don't know about the, the the sharpness of his breaking balls. It would be a nice boost, but I don't think I can fully trust it and and be like, all right, Robertson's back day one. He's gonna be my setup guy. Like, I just I I, I can't. I don't think I can do that yet. Um, but hey, I mean, you never know. And I think. Uh, his track record is that he'll be a good pitcher when, when he's on the mound. Yeah, and no, would you would just be massive for this team. But yeah. but I, I can't at this point. I mean, I'll take what I can get in that bullpen. If David Robertson can contribute, uh, let's roll with it, buddy. What about sure. Vanimal? I mean, Vanimal's hey, up to ninety eight. I, I was gonna bring that up. It's a great point. I mean, look, I, if I were the Phillies, I would talk to him too. I mean, if he's throwing ninety eight, like yeah, buddy, let's go. Uh, look, this, this team needs all the help they can get, Jack. They need everything they can get. Um, all right. Last thing for me. And then we can, um, check your take bag and see if there's anything else from the weekend you want to hit on. Um, Matt Wilcox. I said, almost said Matt Wilk. That would have been, that was less good. I'm tired, Jack. I know. Matt, I mean, I... Matt Wilcox. I know, okay. but listen, it, 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 they just swept the Mets. I know. It's, that's it's, time to, it's time I'm to get back in. I'm here for the IOPS listeners, but I will never <laughs> lie to the IOPS listeners. I'm tired. I'm gutting it out. Hey. I love them, and that's why I'm here. And thank God hey. the Phillies swept because I'm tired, and I'd be in a bad mood if they didn't. Right, uh, and, and, and I am, am battling a hangover. I mean, I was battling. Wow. What, a, a, what a hero you are. I, it was a nasty hangover all day. What a hero. I got a, I got a. I gotta watch the fills, which is great. Yeah. And this is this is my this is my hangover pod. I'm, I'm really locked in. I'm I feel good. All right. Well, let's answer Matt's question. Uh, you keep you know, 
uh, filibustering and not letting me actually ask our listeners question if you care about the listeners. Matt says, Dilemma for High, high Hopes Pod Nation. Which is the better powder blue jersey purchase? Aaron Nola or Alec Bohm? Jack, I cede the floor to you. Uh, it's, well, it's obviously Bohm. I mean, it's, he's playing every night. It's 28. It's a beautiful number. I'm, I'm all in on the powder blue Bohm. And listen, you can stick out a little bit. Always going to stick out. Always going to make your presence felt. And yeah, I'll go with the I'll go with the Bohm jersey. I mean, sure, the Nola one feels like more of a lock, but you know, pitchers are boring. I've always said that. <laughs> uh, Aaron Nola is absolutely the correct answer. I mean, come on, he's an ace. We just talked about it. Uh, I love Bohm too, but Nola's here. He's our guy. Nope, it's Nola. It's definitely Nola. It's Nola. I need. I, I mean, need. Ultimately, I... you should down the road try and get both. And then you have twenty-seven and twenty-eight, and you get the little. You know, numerical combo going, but uh, it's Nola. It's Nola. I, I need Bones first, Homer. Like I just I didn't I need to tweet out Bomber so bad. I, I know mean, you're, you're, I, you I, probably have it saved in your draft. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, what do you got in the take back? I really like Ruben in the in the in the booth. Me too. I, I think I, he's doing a terrific job. I think he's great. You know, yeah. I think he. I think well. It did, he did have the benefit of the doubt, or not the benefit of the doubt, but he did have the benefit of being on that Mets team, like, what was it, two years ago? Yeah. So he, he kind of been around a lot of those guys, which is making, it's kind of like when Romo, like his first couple weekends uh, doing the NFL games, was like transcended because he literally just got done playing in the National Football League. And he just kind of knew all the plays and, and how it all worked. And that's how I kind of feel about Roop. I don't know if he's going to be like a Tony Romo on the broadcast booth, but um, like he kind of did, he just got out. I mean, he was on the, the Red Sox staff last year. So definitely has some benefits of, of being around those teams and being around that Mets team and kind of where their thought process was. Um, but just some like really fascinating insights. Yeah. And even and a though different perspective, like he brings a different perspective than the other guys that are in that. Yeah. Place. Well, and he just sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Totally. I mean, he, like he just sounds like a real baseball guy. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was just really refreshing. I mean, he's got to, got to bring up the energy a little bit. But it seemed like he was, he seemed like he was like locked in, and you know, on the home runs, he was getting excited and um, just felt like a, a real Philly guy. So. Yeah, all in on Ruben the Booth. Um, just some really, really good insights, and uh, I'm excited for the next one. 100% agree. I, I literally I couldn't have said it better myself. I think it provides a unique insight. Look, he's been a player. He's been a general manager. He's worked in the front office. He's uh, you know an assistant general manager to Pat Gillick, one of the great general managers in the history of baseball. Um, he has been a first base coach. Uh, he's been on the field level. Like He has a wealth of knowledge about this game that – literally very few people on the planet do. And I think he's well set up to, to be good at that job because I think he's very good at convey, conveying that knowledge stories from his time and, and experiences from his time into, you know, conversational type of things. I agree. I think the energy level needs to go up a little bit. I'm sure he's a little nervous. He hasn't done a lot of games and all that stuff too. So uh, I'm with you, Jack. I think uh, he's got a really high ceiling, and and he isn't close to it. He's he's really good so far. I'm excited. 
I mean, just so many prospects debuting. Howard, Boehm, Amaro. It's been it's been great. <laughs> All right, what uh, got? Uh, Boehm's defense, on the other hand, not great. Not it's, great. Yeah, yeah. But if he if he rakes, whatever. At least at least he should be able to make like the simple plays. He's just never gonna wow you, I don't think. Um, so it's 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 fine, but it's definitely not smooth. I mean, he, he the thing it looks the thing, awkward out there. Yeah, he definitely he, looks awkward. He's just too tall. I mean, he's too tall. Um, but I, I, the thing I like the most about him is he he has a pretty ridiculous work ethic. Um, and I, I think he's going to work his way into being good enough. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be a stud over there. But, yeah, it's definitely a, a work in progress, as they say. Uh, on the other hand, Reese Hoskins is like, might be good. At, at first base, you know, I thought he was a butcher, you know, last year, but it seems like, seems like he put in a lot of work at first base, and I've been really impressed, you know, I would like for him to maybe put in the same kind of work at the offensive side, but on the defensive side, I mean, he, that throw today was perfect um you know he's he's made some nice scoops over there i'll say like he's a, fine he's, he's looking like a cat yeah yeah let's not get, get carried away there looking like um, a cat he's been better he's been better than I, than he was last year i think he's i think he's solid i think he's fine uh, you know you can get by with him he's not good let's not get carried away he's fine ah, see you got you gotta start getting on you gotta start jumping on boards way faster yeah. see this is what uh, what do you think about what do you think about Nappy wearing number seven? Good for him, man. Good for Nappy. <laughs> I'm just happy for Nappy. I, I, I just I literally was about to say I'm just happy for Nappy. Let's move yeah. on, Jack. Let's Good. Move on. I'm I'm glad you're happy for Nappy. Let's move on. Um, I don't know if I have anything else. Oh, I think that's that. about it. I think that might be it. That means I get to go to bed, buddy. I'm really happy for you. I'm really happy to get you to go to bed. I'm pretty tired, man. I'm why do the Why do the Phillies have an off day tomorrow? Right when they get ah, uh, it's annoying. So yeah, off day tomorrow. Then uh, some AL East action. They got two in Boston, then two in Buffalo in one day. A double. So we have an off day, but we still have seven games this week, and then it's Atlanta in Atlanta this weekend. So it's interesting because there's a Phillies team that you know, Jack. It's kind of crazy that that. They've only played two road games so far. Was it one road game, actually? Uh, one road game so far in New York. So uh, we'll see what they do when they travel. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. I'm going to need them to blow the doors off this Red Sox team. Please. Like, for as Please. much as we talk about the Phillies pitching, like, the Red Sox pitching staff Dude, might be the worst pitching staff I've ever assembled. I was listening to Fransky today, and he said that uh, the Red Sox starter tonight, Mazzara or whatever his name is, was their eleventh guy they've started in twenty two games? That's nuts. That's nuts. So for as bad as things are here, it could be worse. Yeah. So let's take them down. Uh, yeah. Just an absolute beatdown. Yeah. We need it. Uh, we'll be back to talk to you about it uh, later in the week. And uh, any final thoughts, Fritzy? Uh, no. Uh, but we are over seven hundred reviews, so I appreciate it. And we're on the march to a thousand. I don't know what I'm gonna do when we get to a thousand, oh, we'll but come up with something good. We'll I'm gonna cry. Good. I'm gonna cry tears of joy. If you told me we we're gonna get a thousand ratings when we started this podcast, like I would have said you were crazy. So um, it's been a, it's been a joy ride. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the sweep, 
And James, you may finally go to bed. It's only 10.15, so it's a little early, and I'm disappointed in how tired you are. If you could please suck it up a little bit. But James, you can go to bed now. I had a long weekend. All right. um, We love you. Hi, Hope Station. Um, Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll be back later this week. He's for it to himself. We'll see you later.